Hello, I'm William Gallagher. This is the Apple Insider podcast, and that was the much-requested return of our theme. Sampled from an earlier episode, recreated in Logic Pro. Aren't Macs great? This week's episode is brought to you by Notion. More about that later. Joining me is someone who, well, for reasons passing understanding, really, does not share my total and correct love of the Mac, but still is doubtlessly in as good a mood as I am, because we are ever closer to the Apple Vision Pro. Wes Hilliard, can you see a Vision Pro in your future? Well, it turns out the stars have aligned. I know I've talked about um, how I've been hedging closer to being financially capable, and uh, it turns out I'm good to go. So I will be pre-ordering one on January 19th, and uh, hopefully picking it up on February 2nd. Oh, does that mean, uh, what was it last time you said you'd managed to get a whole $11 in savings or interest or something? Yes, are, are you putting savings. that... Yeah, played yeah. no part in this. Uh, they did increase uh, our percentage rate by a whole another tenth of a percent, so that's helping uh, for the next yeah. Vision Pro. If I if I start saving now by twenty twenty seven when it releases, I will have enough. No, I'm just thinking. I'm excited about this, but I physically can't buy one. I'm in the UK, so uh, I mean it's very expensive. It's actually beyond my reach at the moment. But uh, even if I weren't, it isn't coming here yet. So why am I so excited about it? I, I, what's convinced you to go the extra mile and spend the cash? Well, it's, uh, first of all, part of my job, I feel like, I, I, as, as far as things go, I just feel like I want to be part of this. This is Apple's first step into a new product category mm-hmm. since I've been working at Apple Insider. Um, there hasn't been anything like it in more than a decade. I mean, the Apple Watch doesn't really count it's an accessory to the <gasps> iphone it, it wasn't really its own full-fledged platform I, it, it kind of is but it kind of isn't i, I think people understand yeah, what i true. mean when i say that yes and and the ipad is that but it's still just an evolution of the iphone at least at first it's i don't i don't consider it that anymore it's evolved from that evolution i guess uh but it's a re- its release was also very much predicated on the fact the iphone existed so we haven't really seen anything like the Vision Pro since the iPhone. This is a whole new platform, whole new operating system. But then again, it's also kind of a version of the iPad. And uh, that's what's also intrigued me. Um, we can get into it in the show. But there's so much about it here that just screams the iPad development team had their fingers all over this. Like 16 gigs of RAM, up to a terabyte of storage, possibly. Um, we're talking about how... It's running over, has a million apps in the App Store. Well, that's a million iPad apps, funny enough. Uh, Stage Manager was built to create the operating system that Vision Pro runs. Like, there's so much iPad in this thing that me being an iPad first user, this makes a lot of sense for me. I did say you weren't as uh, ecstatic about the Mac as I am, but the truth is really it's just that you are about the iPad instead. But this is weird because to me, I look at Vision Pro. And I see it as the Mac on your face. So, okay. It's a little bit Slightly of Slightly different perspective. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm intrigued. I sent, you, hmm. I sent you an image of my desk earlier. Um, and yes. I'm, start, I'm starting to try and think of ways that Vision Pro are going to play into this. Am I going to be emptying the desk of all the monitors and just kind of just working in an empty space? I don't think so. But what will be interesting is um, you can just pull out these monitor feeds into vision pro space but i wonder if that'll even be necessary will i want a mix of monitors and virtual screens it's it's just really exciting there's i have a lot of questions bobbing around in my head of how exactly is this thing going to be used and how will it impact me i mean a 12 millisecond delay from uh real life to it processing the video and putting it in your eyeballs it's not a lot but it's also a lot at the same time um in video games um, a three to four millisecond ping is uh, what you want when you're playing online video games because if you're playing against other people, you want to get really quick response times. Um, so 12 milliseconds does sound kind of like a long time, but at the same time, it's almost as fast as you can blink. So we'll we'll see what happens here. Um, I'm I'm intrigued. I do love that 12 milliseconds sounds like a long time. Uh, I, a long, long time ago, I used to work at a radio station in the morning and then go write computer manuals in the day. And in the morning, the deadline for anything would be the length of time it took you to open a fader. And then the, the whole of the rest of the day, the deadline was 
don't know if we can finish this in the next nine months or something. And it's like, I loved the compare and the contrast and things. So I'm not a gamer. I've never considered 12 milliseconds good or bad, really. But now I'm wondering, would I be distracted by it? I need a faster Vision Pro, and it isn't even out yet. What are we going my, <laughs> my question is, so um, one of the things I, I've contemplated doing is, can I have, you know, in my living room, have a PlayStation turned on and play a video game on my television screen with Vision Pro on my face? So I have, you know, maybe a Safari window open or a chat window, just different things kind of floating around the TV display. So how will that interaction look? We haven't seen a lot of demos of Vision Pro, at least in Apple's PR work, that show a mixed environment. It's usually just virtual windows. Um, and I wonder if that's because the lag is enough to be a problem or because you're recording video with cameras. And we've always known that recording displays with cameras doesn't always work out. The color can mm. get washed out. Reflections can be a real issue. Uh, refresh rates can get mixed in there and start wreaking havoc on what's displayed on the other end. Is it even possible to see a physical display? And I'm not sure how this is going to work out. Apple did make it sound like you'd be able to use your iPhone and your Apple Watch while wearing Vision Pro. So I don't see it as a huge issue. I mean, but again, we'll just have to try it out. This is one of those many questions that we just don't have an answer to going into this release. I've decided you have much more interesting questions than I do. The only one in my head is, how can you possibly have such a neat desk? And I'm never going to show you what it's like. Here. I cleaned but... it yesterday, to be fair. <laughs> There's usually review products strewn about and uh, like different things uh, going on, but I, I managed to clean right. it yesterday. So, Okay, well, but... at some point you must explain this word clean. I've read about it, but... You know. I, I want to I... point out to our listeners, um, so February 2nd, if all goes well, my plan is I want to order this thing online, but I want to do it in store pickup in Nashville. Oh. So, I, oh right, I want, wow, okay, yeah. Sorry, Nashville of all the places to go to, that's great. Right, so there's a, there's a show Apple on store, the way. Right, yeah. Go to, go to a, go Sorry. to uh, one of the Music City Hall shows. Maybe catch a country music yeah. singer. Um, no, so it's interesting where I'm located. I'm up in the. So if you look at a map of Tennessee. I'm in the very northeast tip, uh, between nestled between North Carolina, Virginia, and Tennessee. So I'm right there at the edge. The closest Apple store I have, I, I, I have like three choices, but they're all three hours away. Um, I can go to Knoxville, which is a mall Apple store. That's boring. I don't want to do that. So I'm going to go all the way to Nashville, which is about four hours away for me, and stay the night. Again, if I can get in-store pickup there. If they deny me that, then I'll just have it delivered to my address. We'll see, guys. But um, I want to go there, and I want to see what opening day looks like for Apple Vision Pro at a major Apple store. Nashville's yes. Apple store is one of the outdoor ones. It's one of the. It's kind of got a glass building aesthetic to it. It's really nice. I've been to it before. We'll see if there's actually people there trying to buy them, or if I'm going to be the only weirdo there trying to pick up a Vision Pro at 8 a.m. We'll, we'll find out. But... Um, I, I want to know, because if I do get day one pickup, and we'll know on the show, I'll, I'll be back. Uh, there's plenty of shows between now and February 2nd to uh, discover this, but I, I want everyone to start thinking about questions you might have about Vision Pro, since I, I do want to be a day one adopter, and uh, if there's anything you'd like to know about the product or anything you want me to specifically test and discuss, uh, please get a hold of us through email, Mastodon, what have you. But Can you get fun? it in blue? That's that's also on my mind. I no colors. Okay. Oh well, never mind. I, I have been thinking generation about this, two, though, William, and we we should probably move on from Vision Pro soon, unless we well I, we might pick up on it again later. But right now, um, just discussing the release, I, I've been thinking again, just more features that the entire Vision Pro. If you think about it, remove the headband, remove the face shield. The whole Vision Pro is that little piece of glass that sits in front of your eyes, if you think about it. Hmm. Um, the All the equipment that's needed to hold it to your face makes it so much larger, but really, it's just that little visor. And I, that's interesting to me. It's it's just a piece of glass on your face, and uh, maybe the aluminum could be colored, but yeah, there's there's really nothing to color. And that had me thinking, if eyesight, which is the thing that lets people see either a waveform, if you're inside of a virtual space or your uh, persona's eyes, if you're uh, in augmented mode, basically able to see the room in front of you, 
um, that's the whole interface of the Vision Pro for everyone other than you. Wouldn't it be interesting, and I know this is never going to happen because Apple likes to control too much, but wouldn't it be interesting if you could have control over what's displayed on that headset? Like, imagine if you could have, like, cyberpunk eyes or digitized, like, uh, objects or, like, anime eyes. There's a lot of cosplay opportunity here. There's a lot of just outward appearance opportunity. I know we're not going to be wearing these things in the streets, but maybe some people will. I Again, that battery life isn't that bad for a device that you might wear for a little bit. But, you, again, the sensors aren't going to work walking down a sidewalk. Sorry. It, it needs a stationary location. You can't open an app in the middle of downtown. Not reliably, anyway. I, I, we'll, we'll be testing that. <laughs> I'll go down to a public park somewhere and try using Vision Pro, but I believe it needs the uh, the walls and things like that for it to properly understand its location. If not, it's going to start losing where things are. Uh, but we'll see how all of that works, of course. But what do you think of that? Do you, do you want to change your, your visor presentation? Uh, well, no, I feel like I'm already uh, telling people to go away when I'm wearing one. It would frighten <laughs> people. But I, I so much, I, I had, I'm surprised how much I didn't know there. Like, just one that I love is that uh, that display on the front is called the eyesight thing. Because to me, that's what um, the original webcam on the Mac was called. Right. That's like iBooks. Everyone isn't it? thought they that was never clever. Let the name yeah. go. Yes, and then uh, but it's spelled differently. It's E Y E capital sight. Oh right. Yeah, okay, they changed it a little bit. Yeah, at all. Okay, so much I want to ask, and uh, I suppose the only important one is you will have company when you go to a park wearing this thing because you know I'm not going to say that your area has muggers in parks, but parks. Yeah, I just I worry that you you'll come back without your your Vision Pro because you won't see somebody coming up to you looking serious. Right. No, I I would definitely not just walk around with this thing on. It just feels like you're becoming a target. I mean, I felt the same way about AirPods, but geez, this it's so this is multiplied by a you know, a factor yeah. of ten of how yes. valuable it is. But um and and so much more ostentatious too, of course. But um one last touch on Vision Pro because I guess there's no point in coming back to it since we've already covered everything. Um it I we now kind of understand the pricing a little bit better. I am curious about how storage is going to work because uh, I'm assuming it's going to be two fifty six, five twelve, one terabyte, maybe two terabytes. I doubt it. Um, even if there is storage here, some people are assuming there won't be. Um, I think there will be. Two fifty six is an awful small amount, especially if you intend on recording spatial video on this device. If it was just apps, you could argue two fifty six is decent but it's just not enough if you're recording uh, any kind of video or capturing photos or want anything local to view on it because um, while you might be able to view a video from the cloud uh, I think it's going to need to download it for it to properly display spatial video and again these files can get unwieldy so I personally don't know how much I'm willing to throw at memory it's already a $3,500 device if one terabyte is only $300 more I, I might be able to swallow it but my goal here is to not exceed four thousand dollars because the eye inserts are one fifty. We've learned if you want a prescription, it's ninety nine. If you want readers, which there, if if you didn't know, it's a slight difference. There, readers are pretty basic adjustments to your eyes versus prescription can get much stronger, much thicker types of glass. Um, I need a very basic pres prescription, so they should have it. Um, so that's one fifty. So I'm already at thirty six fifty. And so I have maybe a $350 bit of wiggle room for how much memory I can add. I haven't done the research. I forget how much storage costs in other devices. I know it can get rather pricey very quickly. Yeah. Um, 512 I can deal with. But if I can get to a terabyte without getting too crazy, I might go that high. Um, we'll see. The only bad time I've ever had with a Mac in... 30 odd years well system 7 kept crashing on the mac se 30 i used to use but since then the only bad time i've had was when i had a mac mini with 128 gigabytes and it would i would spend you know twice a day i would have to find something anything to delete to just be able to carry on with the work and by mid-afternoon um i would try to save an image and it would take three to seven minutes to save even though there appeared to be enough space so since then those days i've always gone from as much space as much ssd as i can possibly Absolutely. afford but it is expensive 
it, it, yeah. especially Apple's SSD prices, they seem to yeah. multiply. Like I bought a one terabyte iPad, and pe- we have a rumor coming up in a second about people complaining that the the OLED iPads could get up to two thousand dollars, and I'm like, I'm already there. <laughs> I already <laughs> already went that far. Um, but I had one last question about Vision Pro that I have here in the show notes. Um, so I've yeah. seen when Apple announced this. I don't know how much you keep up on social. I'm I'm pretty heavily on Mastodon, but um, it it seemed to just happen immediately. I I didn't see this discourse as much before. It it did exist, but it was kind of one or two people. But it was like a light switch as soon as Apple announced the pre order date and release date. Everyone started calling the Apple Vision Pro a dev tool that was a glorified dev tool that Apple was trying to promote as a consumer device. No one should be buying this. That's kind of the rhetoric I've been seeing around it. And I I just thought the sudden shift was funny. And it seems to come from people saying, because Apple didn't have a bespoke video event about the release date of the Vision Pro, that they're not treating it properly, that it is now kind of a secretly uh, known-to-fail product that they're not going to sell any of. And the compl- the discourse has completely changed on social. What do you think of that? I think it's entertaining how uh, that phrase just is, the discourse suddenly changes. Because when you're describing it, it threw me back to a couple of days before the iPad uh, was announced. And everybody was totally convinced it was going to be called a Slate computer. And there was uh, Microsoft on stage we're presenting six different tablets. I don't think any of them ever launched, and they were all junk compared to the iPad anyway. But they kept saying Slate this, Slate that, over and over and over. And then the iPad came out, and suddenly nobody said Slate anymore. It's like, it's just like this group think, adopt Apple's word, and now adopt uh, a position against Apple. It's almost uh, tribal, actually, in a way, a, a mob think about it and that's not to say that it isn't right i'm just surprised at how quickly it changes between the yeah. two i hadn't thought I about that um as a dev i don't think tool, it's though, a dev tool i don't i don't think yeah. it's like i don't think apple's trying to disguise this as a dev tool or they're embarrassed by it or it, it's just the wrong thing you know all of these concepts i i don't believe any of it because get away from the people who have no idea what they're talking about because they've never even seen the thing in real life right mm-hmm. um get away from the people who even have only demoed it for half an hour um, because that was a controlled demo and we haven't even seen the software. And those were mostly positive reviews, funny enough. Uh, We didn't have anyone coming away from it saying, yeah, this thing's garbage. Don't even bother. Um, At least I never saw anyone who did uh, say that. Um, But what I have seen is, and of course, I understand, know the source, from the people who worked on Vision Pro, Everyone is just ecstatic. They're so excited to see it launch. Mm. And you don't see that kind of excitement, human excitement. I'm talking about they're paid to be PR mouthpieces on their personal social medias. That's not, Apple doesn't operate that way. They never have. Um, People who work at Apple generally are excited about their own work, uh, usually, even if it's just passwords. Um, But yes, if you look at how they're talking about it, they're not talking about it as if, yeah, the devs are going to get a hold of this and make some apps. It's like, I can't wait for everyone to try this out. Apple is shipping this with Apple Arcade games with full 3D environments. They're shipping it with 3D movies inside of iTunes that you can purchase and watch. Uh, There's a full catalog of 3D virtual experiences like the dinosaur scene that people are talking about from the demo. Those are consumer interactions. I, I don't think they're trying to entertain devs. And on top of that, the rumors seem to be that we're not going to see another version of this headset for at least two, if not three years. So I just can't see Apple seek, like trying to cover up the fact this is actually a dev tool and that in three whole years we'll see something mm-hmm. change. Now, I think the population of people who are going to own this thing in the next three years is going to be relatively small. We might exceed a million uh, you know, 0.52 million users by the time the next generation comes out. But that doesn't, that, that hasn't stopped Apple from selling something before. I mean, I didn't see this kind of discourse when the Pro Display XDR came out with a $6,000 price tag. At least I don't remember that kind of discourse. No, me neither. I just bought several of them and they were fine. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um. Okay, this is the thing, just you're saying there about the use of it and things. I, I realise I will never play a game on Vision Pro because I just don't play. I mean, unless there's a really good version of Sudoku, 
I'm out. I would watch movies on it. But the thing for me would be all the productivity apps. And at the moment, I'm writing a piece for Apple Insider about the really quite startlingly wide range of really good productivity apps that are coming. Like mm-hmm. um, Fantastical, the calendar thing, that'll be there on day one. OmniPlan, the Omni Group's um, really nice project plan- uh, management app, that's going to be there day one. But the thing I can't find out, no developer will tell me, is whether they knew the release date before we did because we've said this before when apple says early 2024 you know they probably mean august and stuff so were all these developers caught on the hoof by this and are scrabbling to get something out or in fact apple's tools for converting ipad apps and things so good that we're just going to have brilliant apps immediately anyway both uh the answer is both so from what i've seen uh of developers i follow they were caught off guard and we're talking even bigger developers, and they're not going to like Fantastical isn't out here talking about their internal business, but you can see like no. David Smith with Widget Smith, um, who is one of the most popular apps on the App Store, uh, talking about his development process. And yeah, he was caught off guard, and you'd think he would be one of the people that Apple would tell. Um, it's just they knew early was to, uh, was the target. So, but many people were targeting at least having a working product by January. But now they know, okay, we really need to launch by February. And some people aren't ready. And uh, like Steve Stroughton-Smith has several apps that he's working on for Vision Pro. And none of them will be there at launch, but they'll be there shortly after. Um, And I think the other thing you said uh, is the tool for doing iPad apps good. Actually, it's excellent. Um, You don't have to do anything. You just click a button and the iPad app works. Um, If you want to Vision Proify it, uh, you need to go in and do some work. Because out of the Mm -hmm. box... It shows up as a 2D plane, like a piece of paper floating in front of oh. you with no... I think God. it might get some transparent elements, but it's just a floating window. Um, oh, if it's it, the if you Stone do, Age, isn't it? God. <laughs> if you, yeah, if you do nothing. You but if you, if you do a little bit of work, you can make it transparent. If you do a little bit more work, you can um, make some of the elements 3D and so on and so forth. So it's uh, luckily one of those things that you can just click a button, and if you feel confident enough in launching it, it's there. And that's why Apple Vision Pro at launch has a million because I guarantee you 999,000 of those are iPad apps that someone's just clicked a button on. So, And by the Is way, it, if, you, if you forget, William, developers yeah. had to opt out of being Vision Pro. So if you had an oh. iPad app, mm-hmm, if you had an iPad app available on the App Store, there was a toggle you had to go into um, your developer account and hit for it to not launch on Vision Pro. No, I didn't know that. I uh, unthinkingly assumed it was the reverse, the way I believe it is with Catalyst and the Mac. Every time I talk to you, I come up with 50 questions in different directions. Let me focus in on something, because uh, we keep coming back to the iPad, and you teased with this thing of the how many million pound dollar OLED iPad there is. What's the strength of that rumor? So basically... From a leaker, uh, I think this is one of our Weibo people who usually post some things. Let's see. Um, it seems that the starting price of the OLED iPads, the rumor is that in March, Apple's going to release some OLED iPads, and uh, they'll be much more expensive. Right now, I think the iPad Pro starts at $999, the 12.9-inch, 12, 12. Yeah. and the 11-inch yes. starts at $799, I, I think. Um, but... They're basically doubling that price, uh, is what this rumor is saying, is that you might have to start at fourteen ninety nine for an OLED iPad Pro, which would be an incredible increase. Seems unlikely, but, I mean, I do think that there will be expensive models. You can get up to two terabytes of storage on the iPad Pro, which brings you to, like, MacBook Pro 16-inch price range. Like, you can spend $2,500 on an iPad Pro, so... While this rumor is a little bit of a stretch for the starting price, you can easily get that high now. So I, I could see it going a little higher. Okay. Um, devil's Advocate here. Isn't OLED screen actually worth any more money? I like the screen um, on my iPad Pro. I would pay a fractional amount more for OLED, for sure. Like, it, it's it's definitely an upgrade um, to technology. You Perfect blacks, no more blooming, um, much better color distribution, uh, saturation, whatnot. Um, it's just a better display. It's better for creatives. Uh, maybe, you know, you're an pro- a Procreate user and you want to do um, painting inside of that app. Like, the reproduction there is going to be much nicer. It's going to feel 
just better all the way around. Um, and the technology allows for different things. Like we, since the light is coming from, uh, the, uh, sorry. So it's an OLED is an organic led. And, uh, unlike led, it doesn't need a backlight. So the light is coming from the actual diode thing. That's making the color, Uh, the pixel. I'm sorry. (laughs) I couldn't think of the word pixel. It's coming from it's coming from the thing that's making the color. So the light and colors come from the same source. It removes a layer. It makes it thinner. Makes it more efficient, more power efficient. There's a lot of things that happen here that make OLED so much better. So, um, I would say like a two hundred dollar price increase would make sense. Not double the price. I don't I don't know where this is coming from, unless they're just I seeing s- higher configurations. Yeah. I still just struggle that there is a world in which there's an app called Procreate. It's just, I mean, I understand, but it's still, did they not say the word out loud all the way through when they put those two things together? I, th- uh, I think it's on purpose, actually. Okay. What a world. We <laughs> Anyway, um, I would <coughs> imagine then that does sound very good, and I would like that if it was in budget, if I were replacing my iPad. But what I would really like is a much bigger iPad with a screen like that. I feel like I the love... worth of that would come through more with a 20-inch iPad. Or like a, a studio so... display iPad would be, you yeah. know, so so a a 16-inch, seven whatever range have you, yeah, I, I think I would immediately jump to whatever bigger iPad there is because I'm a two iPad person. Right. I would definitely own yeah. the largest iPad I can buy and the smallest. So I will also get an iPad mini. The Vision Pro throws all these purchases into question because I have no idea how it's going to interact and how my computing oh, yeah. is going to change. But I've already decided Vision Pro is probably going to stay in my office. I'm not going to take it places. So I still need a portable computer and that's not going to be a Mac. So I, I'm still on the upgrade train for a new iPad for sure. It's just how and when that's going to work out financially for me. It, to be to be honest, it, it might be fine if if as long as everything spaces out correctly and Apple announces these things in March, I should have some wiggle room to um, get some money into an iPad and upgrade. But uh, yeah, it's it's just so much happening at once right now. I mean, we're talking about easily spending over six thousand dollars by April if Apple does if Apple releases enough junk for me to buy. It's a little scary, but it'll work out. What a good thing the economy is in such a great shape at the moment. Yeah, I saw yeah. a news report today yeah. is saying something about the people believe the recession is over. And it's like, well, I mean, um, I'm glad no, they can believe. Nice. Yeah. yeah. Um, I remember back in the day before Microsoft um, kind of hijacked the word Surface for its, um, I suppose, iPad equivalent or something like that they used to call it a microsoft surface was a table sized touch screen they have one in one of the art museums here in birmingham and it's fantastically okay you know the (laughs) lag as you drag things around and the windows error messages that come up upside down because you're on the wrong side of the table things it was dreadful but the potential of a desk sized thing that worked that really appeals i think it would be better to just buy a display that that could that you can connect an iPad to at that point. I I, I don't like the idea of dedicated furniture that I need to upgrade that costs thousands of dollars, oh, right? Um, instead, yeah. just make it a touchscreen display and make iPadOS um, smart enough to know that it's connected to a touchscreen. And there you go. Just go buy a touchscreen um, coffee table. Mm. But if you go on Amazon now, you can go buy Android coffee tables they they do exist i don't recommend it um i suddenly remember seeing them in mission impossible they had desk size screens i quite fancied but i didn't see any android error messages so my uh, my favorite thing about sci-fi is them trying to imagine what the future looks like and one of the I, i i can't remember what movie i don't believe it was fifth element but there's there's a movie that's old enough that it that it's humorous um where they're sitting at a desk and they're kind of just grabbing files and moving them around kind of like a hockey puck and it's just like have you ever used a computer before have you ever seen anyone navigate a file system is this what it looks like uh when you're using but they had to make use of the space and i I guess but it it was just kind of funny to watch and no i don't think that's desirable at all i'm okay with it just being a little tablet that i carry around this episode is brought to you by notion 
there's there's no shortage of helpful AI tools out there. But using them means switching back and forth between yet another digital tool. So instead of simplifying your workflow, it just becomes more complicated. Unless, of course, you're in Notion. Notion combines your notes, docs and projects into one space that is simple and beautifully designed. It's this idea of one space that's key. Notion is so expansive and capable that you can do everything in it, which means you can have one tool, one place to go do all you need. And the fully integrated Notion AI helps you work faster, write better and think bigger, doing tasks that would normally take you hours in just seconds. Right there in your work, you can ask Notion to search your projects. You can set up automation so that you can concentrate on your work while Notion does the organising. Try Notion for free when you go to notion.com slash Apple Insider. That's all lowercase letters. Notion.com slash Apple Insider to try the powerful, easy to use Notion AI today. And when you use our link, you're supporting our show. Notion.com slash Apple Insider. Thanks to Notion for their support of the Apple Insider podcast. So, uh, apart from Vision Pro, which is coming really, really soon, we have just been talking about things that might be happening or we would like to happen and are definitely going to be very expensive. I would like to pull this back down to something that's in comparison cheap and that you can get right now because I know you wrote about putting a keyboard on an iPhone. Didn't you? Is that the greatest thing you've ever heard of or worse? I am fascinated by this product. And William, you're the keyboard guy over here. You're the you're the fifty eight keys. Did I get that right? Yes. Um, that's true. Uh, producer over here and uh you make a, a channel all about writing and you've got your keyboards and what do you think about attaching a Blackberry style QWERTY keyboard to the base of your iPhone over USB? Never going to happen. I will. I just uh, the fact that uh, elongates it. I mean, I get that no matter how good the iPhone is for typing on, a physical keyboard is faster. And also, I just I love the feel of typing on keys. But when I saw this, um, I think I saw a yellow one, which may have contributed to putting me off. Uh, it just stretches out the phone, which I already find quite tall anyway um i'm so used to just i mean from time to time i will use a portable keyboard with the phone and i love it but uh for the number of times that i would use it no unless it feels really good i mean looking around i can see four keyboards right here and there's a wonderful book just about to come out a kickstarter book called shift happens two volumes with photographs of every keyboard you can imagine for yeah, it, it. Like and mine book. is on my way but yes actually i think it was you who spotted it and told me and i backed that campaign instantly uh for it so it's very very close now so yes i love keyboards and so i'd like to play with it but um i said comparatively cheap i don't remember the price i don't think it was ludicrously cheap though well was it? it's more expensive than most mechanical keyboards um the oh. iphone 15 so the pro there's multiple problems with this product it's a case that wraps around your phone so you need to buy it specific to your iphone size um, the iphone 15 model is 130 dollars the iphone 15 pro max model is 160 dollars and they're only available in this bright yellow and uh london sky blue um which is mm -hmm. just gray funny mm -hmm. enough uh oh, but okay but the um yeah, there's just multiple things here. The case isn't MagSafe compatible. Um, it, it can maybe accept a magnet and kind of cling to one, but I wouldn't trust it. Uh, there's just a lot of stuff here. If I if, When they come back for round two, which I'm sure they will because it's Mr. Mobile and um, two phones guy. I can't remember. Black Crackberry, the original guy, whatever his name is. You guys know. Go look it up. Um, like they're behind this. It's got it's got money. It's got names behind it. They're going to make more. Uh, they also plan on making more colors. They plan on making a MagSafe compatible case eventually. But if I were those guys, round two of this should definitely be: give me a MagSafe keyboard that sits on that clicks to the back and then slides down and then slides away when you're not using it. That would be amazing. Make a make the iPhone Sidekick keyboard because I agree with you. This is makes the iphone so much longer but what's also interesting it makes the interface 
nicer because now there's no more keyboard on the display and you can see the whole screen. There's just so much fascinating about this. I'm trying to get a hold of a review unit. We'll see um, because I want to try it out. Uh, it's definitely not something I would carry around and use, but I'll tell you what, William, if mm. I get a, if I get one, this is my dedicated Apple Journal keyboard. <laughs> oh, okay. Right. I am actually writing my journal uh, on the Mac and then using universal copy and paste to just pop it onto the iPhone. I've been doing that um, as well. Yeah, it's not the best workaround, but it does it. It works. Drafts uh, makes you, it easier. Oh, that's true. I love Drafts 5, yeah. You did suddenly worry me there when you said there was a version for the iPhone 15 Pro Max. I suddenly thought... I know iPhones don't always change very much between years, but they change enough always. Yeah. That would you? You would probably have to buy a new one for iPhones 16, 16. 17, 8. Yeah. Every year you'd be buying a new keyboard in its current design, uh, presumably, as long as if it changed moderately. Like this thing is not going to take into account the capture button we're rumoring for iPhone 16, right? So it's just, it's a whole thing. But I have a, I don't know if you can see your Slack, but I have a fun image for you that was created uh, circa, I think, 2013. And every time someone mentions a long iPhone, <laughs> I have to, uh, I have to share this with them. Okay. Well, that will be in the show notes for it as well. <laughs> yes. Okay. Uh, just... I tell you what, I'm suddenly fixated on price because I'm a bit disappointed with that being slightly more expensive than I would have thought. Then I, then I feel like I would try it and it's too much money to just try uh how about something much cheaper like uh an air tag because i understand air tags too are on their way ish no yeah 2025 mm. seems to be the rumor so we're not going to get one this oh, year <clears throat> we've heard no. of air tags too before they're meant to be they'll, they'll use the uh not u2 chip the the second generation ultra wideband chip which is uh, a mouthful um it would use that it would be you know be findable from further away with precision tracking uh it might even act as a beacon for apple vision pro so you could place objects on top of it and have them permanently stay there like a radio there's ideas here i would love different form factors but that's not even in the rumor so we'll see but yes 2025 could be the soonest we see this I do think it's remarkable that uh, Apple, I mean, there are whole issues about the stalking things. And uh, on the one hand, I think Apple has done better than anybody else, but also Apple has highlighted problems for it. Other than that issue, the form factor, the design of it, I think they got it right out of the park. I mean, there's a limit on the form factor because it's always got to have a battery. It's not going to be smaller than it is now, I imagine. But you're thinking you would like things that aren't just that kind of round pill shape you'd go for something square, something more dramatic. Maybe integrated into products. So we've seen Find My Objects. And one thing that I just recently got for review, you're not going to see this till about February sometime, maybe even March. But uh, something I'm I'm reviewing is a wallet with Find My built into it. And it has a rechargeable battery. It's all internal to the wallet. And that's great, but it's still not an AirTag. Like... Apple's AirTag gets a little bit of extra special treatment, of course. Um, so I would love to see a wallet insert that's specifically made for a wallet made by Apple. Like that, that that's the kind of stuff I want to see. Or I want to see Apple uh, collaborate with other companies like Targus and make a backpack with an AirTag, literally the technology called an AirTag mm-hmm. inside of it, rather than just find my capabilities. There's not that much difference between the two. It's just the precision tracking type stuff i think is limited to apple's specific ultra wideband chip and i don't think these devices have that they just have standard bluetooth style tracking that happens to communicate with the find my network so there's a slight difference there i'm just wondering about the powering um of it if it's in a device that has power anyway then it does need its own battery but a backpack solar panel backpack i don't know it's presumably possible you could you could recharge a backpack once every six months it's fine good point there's also backpacks that you can buy i I haven't because it's they make them heavy but you can buy backpacks that have battery packs in sewn into the the bat the backpack it's kind of funny it's like literally the entire concept is is that you put your devices in there and there's these little cables in all the pockets that you can connect them to to charge while they're in the backpack 
I have this gorgeous bag called a Bungo bag. I've forgotten who makes it, and I'll put a, 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 I don't think it's still sold, but I'll make a link to the um, the company in the show notes. And last night I had to drive somewhere uh, with all my gear in it. Actually, this is possibly where half the gear I couldn't find this morning is lacking. But you know, I you know, things like the MacBook, the iPad, all sorts of things. And I had it on the passenger seat. My car actually started bleeping at me it was so heavy it thought i had a passenger who didn't have a seat belt on i had to stop the car and put it in the boot before it would shut up technology it's here to save us all so speaking of uh luggage and iphone cases and things that have to do with travel did you hear about a door falling off of an airplane (laughs) yes yes uh, that was perturbing uh i think is is the phrase um somebody is it seth myers was pointing out what what is more frightening the door exploding off you or losing your iphone for it because that's what you're thinking of isn't it uh, at least a couple of people uh had their iphones just whacked straight out in the depressurized aircraft and would you reach out for it no probably not go chasing it down um yeah. yeah it was a it was a pretty wild situation of course the plane landed i didn't hear about anyone flying out the the plane uh, guys movies are dramatic it's not like you're in space you are very high up and it depressurizes and sucks things out but you're a human you weigh a lot you're not you're not going to just fly out the plane unless you're like standing in the doorway um anyway yes some phones were sucked out though and uh it turns out terminal velocity is an interesting scientific thing i saw so many people sharing this story and it it is an interesting story don't get me wrong not to downplay it but so many people were saying wow the the phone survived it's still working it was open to the baggage claim check and everything the screen wasn't even shattered yeah but it's a long, flat device falling through the air. Uh, in physics class um, in high school, if we reach back far enough, you'll remember that devices, or not devices, but anything only can fall so fast because gravity's acting on it. Once it reaches gravity's speed, you know, uh, basically the weight of the object multiplied by gravity, and you know, you subtract some air resistance in there. That's your terminal velocity. That's as fast as it can go. That's why people ask the question, if you drop a penny off of the top of the Empire State Building, how is it not a meteor by the time it hits the ground and just like creating a a crater crashing into the earth, right? That's just not how gravity works. So the iPhone will only ever hit the ground as fast as it can. (laughs) Um, Mm. And it must have hit some foliage on the way down and uh, made a gentle landing into a soft pile of grass. So funny enough, yes, the case might have been interesting and everyone's like, it's... It's terrible they didn't tell us what case it was. It didn't matter what case it was. It's just, it happened to land in the right spot. If it hit a road, it would have shattered in a million pieces. It just happened to land in a nice, soft place. Hmm. I understand what you're saying. I accept fully what you're saying, but I'm not going to experiment to try these no. things out. I instead, I'm going to rewrite that Twilight Zone episode. You know, Remember Nightmare at 30,000 feet with an iPhone on the wing? That's, that's my plan. What's more remarkable? This story. (sighs) Okay, Uh, Twilight Zone. I've seen many episodes. I'm not familiar with the one that you're talking about, though. Okay, believe me, I I, I, I grew up with some Twilight Zone. I watched it. I just don't remember the one you're discussing. Okay, Um, I will try to find a link to where it's streaming or something uh, for it, but I don't know where (laughs) it is at the moment. But okay, we seem to be just combining property. Oh right, there you go. Then Uh, see you you already. But I, I did want to point out before we move on from this, the most remarkable thing about this story is the door. Just imagine just, you know, William, you're sitting in your backyard, you're sipping on some tea, and then suddenly, uh, <laughs> yes. I don't know, 800-pound metal door just lands in your backyard, just out of the sky. What do you, like, what do, you do in that situation? Um, I actually might turn to drink briefly. Uh, there's a <laughs> bit of me that would think, ooh, what if I open the door? Will it lead to somewhere else? Oh. Sorry, you've got me off on a whole Twilight right. Zone thing. It's just, here, it's just miraculous yeah. to me how it, I don't know. It, it, there's uh, there's some sort of probability in here, of course, of these things landing on stuff. You know, on houses that it always yes. seems to amaze me that they don't really do that that often. When they do fall from the sky, it always seems like they land in yards. They land 
away from pedestrians. Like you don't hear about airplane equipment just landing on a person, thankfully. But um, uh, it's just yeah, it's wild. It takes me back to that movie. Uh, I, I believe Donnie Darko. There's just an airplane engine hanging out of his house. But you know, that's a whole different story. Okay, I wasn't aware that this happened quite as often as you're making me think. It's not safe to go outside. It's not now, that often. Or at least, okay. Well, I guess it's more often now, uh, but that's a whole different news story. We're not airplane insider. <laughs> no. Well, <laughs> um, what we are is Apple Insider, and let's just join some dots here. Um, uh, I can't remember when the Twilight Zone thing was. It would have been 60s or so, so let's not go quite as far back as that, but let's go back to shall we say, 2007? Because apart from Vision Pro, the thing we have talked about most today is the iPhone, and we take it for granted. It's so much a part of our lives. But it wasn't before mid-2007. 17-year anniversary of this thing. Isn't that just remarkable? I remember not knowing that this happened because I was in high school, so that's how long ago it was. (laughs) Right, suddenly want to move on, actually, from this topic. <laughs> um, yes, I believe I, I was rem- a, uh, yeah. gosh, what year would that have been? I, I must have been a, a maybe a sophomore, junior. I, I think I must have been a junior, starting my junior year of high school. Right, I don't know. I'm Actually, I'm rubbish with the British school system as well, so I don't know how old. 11th, 11th the, grade? 11. The oh, one right. before the end, yeah. <laughs> okay, right, and you were a fine student, I'm sure. Mm. Oh, just fine. Okay. Sleeping a lot more than I should have. But the iPhone <laughs> was always uh, funny to me because I, I just remember it kind of, you know, as it, as it is, I, I was much more of a gamer child. I didn't really care about technology at the time. And so I didn't really hear about this stuff except through word of mouth. And, of course, the discussions were, do you hear the people who make the iPod are making a phone? How dumb is that? What are they? Are they kidding me? It doesn't even have a keyboard on it, right? I, I remember the discourse around it, and it was so funny to me. Wow. It was different. Well, it wasn't different here. It was in my family, because I actually remember the day, for some reason I can just see this, uh, my wife Angela came home. I was working at home. She came back home from work, walked in the door, and before she said hello, it was, have you heard Apple is going to make a knife, a phone? she just heard it on BBC Radio 2. It had made the news here that it was going to happen. And she was sold before we even knew anything else. Based on the iPod, based on the Mac, she was in, and, and so was I. So, I mean, it turned out to be infinitely better than I could have imagined, but still, I was pre-sold. Tying this back to the uh, Apple Vision Pro, the iPhone launched without an app store. Um, It couldn't take video. Uh, There was just so many little things. The predictive keyboard was an innovation at the time. Um, Just so many different little things. But one thing that they did do, which was interesting, is they had an ad. And the very first ad was people answering the phone. Uh, and it was aired yes. just before the Oscars, and it was just this fun little ad of all these like movie stars that you know from movie and TV answering the phone in different ways, and it ended just on a shot of the iPhone with the word June in big letters, right? Mm. Um, Apple Vision Pro, I don't know if you saw this, William, uh, maybe squeezed yes. past you, but the Apple Vision Pro's first ad was made, and it's uh, very similar, don't you think? Yes, it's very clever. It almost makes me think that putting things over your eyes isn't as strange an idea as you think, because it's what, how many video clips, film, famous scenes from movies where people doing exactly that? Yeah. Yeah. Now, that but was can a you nice name touch. every movie in that reel? <laughs> uh, yes. Oh. There yes? was a good one. And then a better oh. one than an okay one. There, there one was, I there think was I call. Okay. Young Frankenstein, which apparently you can't even watch on digital streaming or buy on iTunes, funny enough. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, but Young Frankenstein started it off with the phrase Get Ready, which is the name of the ad. But then we saw scenes from Up, Iron Man, um, just so so many more throughout. Star it was, Wars. Amazingly, course, Star Wars was in there. I love yeah. that Star Wars was in there. Yeah. Back when it was called Star Wars and not Star Wars A New Hope, actually. Um, yes, yes. Again, <laughs> I'm feeling old. I saw it in the cinema when it was just called Star Wars. Not even, I, you know, I can't remember now whether it already opened with episode four written on the credit or whether that came later No, that as came well. Later. Yeah, they added yes. all of that later. That, I mean, though the plan was to do the, the anyway, moving on. 
Um, yeah, Star Trek was in there. A lot of lot of just fun little nods, and of course, Back to the Future. And uh, yeah, just a just a fun little ad, and doesn't really tell you anything. It just shows the Vision Pro at the end, and that's it. But, but I'm nicely excited. done. Yeah, me too. Um, <clears throat> okay, we seem to spend the episode making me feel old, but um, this is how old I am. I actually remember the last time that Apple had a spat in the App Store with Hey Email, uh, and they're <laughs> back again aren't they? Um, I tried Hey very briefly and there were things I just didn't want uh, in it. Are you a Hey user? Where do you stand on where Hey and Apple fight? Who is right? Uh, I I won't get into it because I don't use it because I don't like the company or the guy or where it comes from. (laughs) There's, uh, you know, but no. So basically on January 5th, um, Apple rejected Hey Calendar. Uh, from the app store, which is very similar for the reasons that they rejected Hey Email. And Hey Email was rejected because they wanted to use, they were kind of trying to force their way into the door by saying, we're a reader app. We're going to submit it as a reader app. But the problem is Apple has to do a preview as a reader app. And only apps like Netflix get that. And yes, it's like a special treatment thing. Apple's control over the app store. It's not great. Like it definitely screams monopoly power. And this is the whole reason why the EU and the United States are going after Apple for these kinds of practices. It's not a good time to be trying to get antitrust attention on you when you're trying to launch a new product either. So bad move on Apple all the way around. Um, but they they denied this app for the same reason they denied Hey Email. They, they said, your app doesn't do anything if you don't have a login, and told them to go away. Mm. But it has resolved. Yeah. It, it took five whole days, but they they figured it out. And the the worst thing is is they, they did it the most dirty, awkward way possible. Not happy about this. But So Hey was in the right. Don't get me wrong. Put aside whatever, however you feel about... Uh, I wrote I wrote down his name because I can never remember it. David Heinemeyer Hansen, D-A-H as we call him on the internet. Um, however you feel about him and his oddities, uh, they were in the right. They should not have been rejected from the App Store. This is a silly situation. Apple, I don't know what you're doing uh, with App Review, but this was just a bad move, bad PR move. You want people to be excited about Vision Pro. You want developers to be excited about working on your platforms. And then you get this huge like viral story about denying an app on the App Store. Anyway, they figure out, okay, well, we gave Hey Basic functionality by letting you have a pretend email account without logging in. Um, let's do the same thing with Calendar. But instead of just doing it, DH went out of his way to say, we were inspired by Stephen Hackett's Apple history calendar that made $40,000 on Kickstarter. And um, that's silly. We're just going to give it away for free. And it's just like, okay. <laughs> so you're mad at mm. the big company picking on the little yeah. guy. And now you're the big company picking on the little guy. Seems a little... Because it's, it's an indie project. It's amazing. I have a calendar hanging on my wall here. Beautiful photographs, beautiful calendar with Apple history dates throughout. I've bought the last, you know, three years since he started doing it. To be clear, DH didn't go out here and make a physical calendar. He's not going to affect Stephen Hackett's business. It's just the principle of the matter. He also included Mm. an ICS file with the purchase of the calendar you could add to your digital calendar. And it seems just a little odd that he would go out of, DHH would go out of his way to say, and we kind of just straight up stole this idea from another creator on the internet just to spite Apple. Just the whole thing feels a little dirty. I don't know how you feel about that. Well, miserable, actually. uh, I don't know if this is the same project that Stephen Hackett does where he raises money for a hospital and things, but it just feels... Oh, okay. Well, fractionally better than for it. No, this is getting miserable. Uh, Cheer me up. I I actually have a big question to ask you about something you mentioned before. Well, to conclude conclude that story, Mm -hmm. sorry, to conclude that story... Mm -hmm. The, the the ploy worked. Apple approved the app, and Hey Calendar is now in the App Store. Just wanted to conclude that. But yeah, that 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 was just a, a odd situation. Anyway, go ahead, William. <laughs> the big thing I want to ask you. We'll wait just a moment because I realise we're in the middle as we record this. We're in the middle of CES, Consumer Electronics Show. I believe it's a showcase of products that'll never come out. But I think you disagree, and you've been covering a lot more. Uh, can you just give me, are, are there some really, really good CES launches that I've totally missed? CES is weird. It's a dinosaur. Um, it's it, it, it probably should die and probably will die in the next decade, kind of like E3 recently did. We've, we covered the death of E3. Yeah. These giant shows 
serve one purpose get as much information out in front of the general public as possible while exhausting journalists walking around uh, <laughs> thirty-three thousand people attending uh, a convention center in las vegas to see uh hundreds of booths full of these little gadgets and you have to try to care about each and every one of them equally it's a very long process um Interesting stuff comes from it. They do launch a lot of the stuff that was shown there is already available to purchase, but there are a lot of technologies that just never make it, never see the light of day, like, you know, robots and cars you can drive with PlayStation controllers, stuff like that. But I don't really have anything that jumps out at me this year. Usually there's at least one thing that screams like, wow, this is cool. Um, we saw we saw an example of Apple's, uh, I forget, it's one of those kits, it's the... Uh, the one where you can put the phone on it and it can turn like stage manager, uh, not stage manager. Sorry. What, what is that called? William? <laughs> when the oh, camera center follows stage, you. center stage, center stage. It. Right. Right. It's okay. like a physical center yeah. stage. It's where the gimbal follows you around using the camera sensors. Anyway, mm -hmm. like we okay. saw one of those, uh, that's launching soon. There's updates to threads. That's going to make home kit connectivity better. There's just so much news that we, we'd have to do a whole show about it. So I, I recommend Apple insider has been all over all week. Go check out our website. Just scroll down. Uh, we're going to have some recaps and some bundles uh, as the week ends because there's not much else to say about CES at this point. Uh, okay. That does it for me. I'll go read that stuff. Which means it is time. I've been waiting for this actually for a week because uh, you mentioned something before on the show and I thought, oh, I want to do that. And then I forgot to ask you about it. But Nicholas emailed in pointing out that you had talked about uh, triggering mindfulness minutes, uh, logging your mindfulness in Apple Journal. And he didn't know how you did it. I don't know how you do it. What do you do? And how can we all copy it? Uh, I was inspired by day one, uh, which there's a setting that allows you to tie it to Apple Health. And whenever you're using day one, it automatically logs mindfulness minutes. And this was nice. And then Apple Journal came out and it doesn't do that. Uh, funny enough, I think they should add that later but in the meantime i figured out a workaround i did research i tried to find can i get just a basic shortcut trigger and there's all kinds of these like meditation apps like couch meditation whatever of just like you're only going to meditate for a second here's a timer and it logs it to apple health none of them none of them worked or they all collected weird data or they wanted payments for their simple timer app it just was a lot of oddities but then i stumbled upon streaks i remembered streaks was a thing and this app has a lot of little tie-ins to Apple Health, and one of the things it does is let you tie it to mindfulness minutes. But on its own, it can't do this automatically. So first, you're going to go to Streaks. It's a, I believe it's a paid app or maybe a paid subscription, but it's it's relatively inexpensive and, and worth it. Um, but you're going to go to Streaks, and you're going to set up the mindfulness timer, and you have to select how long per day, because this is a goals app, so you want you're not saying set an infinite timer you're saying how long per day do you want to do mindfulness minutes so i have mine set okay. to five minutes and that's how long i want to spend every day logging in the journal minimum um and kind of just set that up in the app i'm not going to go into details here anyone who has any questions on this can email me but it, it's fairly straightforward within the app you can figure it out but once you set up that mindfulness timer um you need a way to trigger it so there's focus modes we talked about it before you're going to go to settings in the apple you know on your iphone and you're going to go to focus and you're going to set up a mindfulness focus. And one of the triggers you can do is basically anytime an app is open, start this focus. So what I've done is set it so anytime Apple Journal is open, mindfulness focus begins. And then as soon as, and the trigger to turn oh, it off, of course, is when you leave the journal app, turn off mindfulness focus. And you do that all within the focus app settings. Um, or the oh, focus nice. I like that. mode settings. <laughs> so to tie it all together, you have to set up shortcuts. So now you have your streak timer. Now you have your focus, uh, mindfulness focus. Tie it together using shortcuts. You go to the automations tab and you say, whenever mindfulness focus is active, turn on streaks timer. Whenever mindfulness focus is off, turn off streaks timer. Those are your two automations. They're separate. You can't do it in the same automation. And then, bam, as soon as you open the journal app, it shifts to the mindfulness focus, starts the streaks timer. And as soon as you leave, turns off mindfulness focus, turns off the streaks timer. And it works pretty well. And you can make it as many minutes as you like, of course. You, if you want to be in the journal for 10 minutes a day, go ahead and make the timer as long as you want. But it, it doesn't complete your 
tasking this is another part of it that i yeah. wanted uh it doesn't complete the task until you've completed your five minutes or whatever um nice. but it completes it and it it's the app is called streaks so you've completed your goal and that's how you know how many days in a row you've journaled uh, as as long as you've yeah. wanted to so because the day one journal kept track of streaks apple journal does not but as a you know just an extra add-on on top of this methodology streaks now tracks how many days in a row i've done five minutes of journaling an apple journal app and i'm happy to say it's been literally every day since it came out uh, which is about 84 days as we record goodness yeah goodness how quickly that goes okay so there's you doing really clever things with uh, shortcuts focus modes journal streaks uh in just a very few short moments we'll find out whether i've managed to do an end title theme in logic pro uh i'm typing to you with crossed fingers now or even speaking with crossed fingers thank you very much to notion for sponsoring this episode of the apple insider podcast Thank you very much for listening. See you next week, possibly with Vision Pro News, possibly with just speculation. It's going to be speculation, isn't it? But see you then.